Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 176. I am your host, Blaine Putney. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. So uh, this episode is the post-draft special. The uh, Canadians uh, just went about and pulled off uh, uh, some draft picks. Uh, we're going to get into that. <clears throat> We'll discuss a little bit of the uh, the draft picks and what all this means. Um, but there is an elephant in the room. We will get to that in a moment. We're going to just rhyme off picks and we'll we'll just ju- dive into the draft here. Uh, in a in a moment, we uh, we for today's episode, we also have some uh, rumors that we're going to cover and we'll discuss the upcoming UFA season a little bit. We're going to have a, a UFA show later on. So yeah, let's, let's do that draft. So <clears throat> everybody knows who was round. picked. What's that? Let's start with the second round. Let's start with the second round. I was about to say, we're going to skip the first for now. So the, uh, the Canadians completed their draft and at 63 they picked uh, Halifax native Riley Kidney of Acadie Bathurst at 64 they chose Oliver Kapanen of Kalpa 87 Dmitry Kostenko of Latitogalardi of the VHL which is a uh, uh, farm system for the KHL uh, William Trudeau a left-handed defenseman ironically you know oddly enough a Trudeau to the left uh, of the Charlottetown Islanders of the Q. Finally, uh, a Trudeau I might be able to cheer for. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's no vaccine for that. Yeah. Um, 
Daniel Sabolev of the Windsor Spitfires, who did not play a single game this year, is a right D, picked at 142. Uh, 150 was Joshua Roy of the Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke Phoenix of the Q. Uh, he's a center left winger. Um, at 191, they chose Xavier Simano, a center from the Charlottetown Islanders, and they rounded it off with uh, the 214th pick, Joe Vrebeck, uh, a goaltender with the North Bay Battalion of the OHL. So why don't we just, um, what, we all know who they picked in the first round. We're going to get to him after this. We're going to do some talk about the prospects that people may not have noticed because they were so turned off of the draft. They did not watch. So uh, we'll, we'll start off with Riley Kidney. Um, Matt, you have a little bit of information on him. Yeah, so Riley Kidney. He's 5'11", 168, so he's a very, he's a very slender uh, center. He's from Enfield, yep. Nova Scotia. Um, he had 13 goals and 25 assists in 33 games with the uh, Teton this year in the queue, and he really, really, really turned it on in the playoffs, and he had uh, 17 points with two goals in only nine games. Um, he told the media that he sees himself as an offensive center and tries to model his game after uh, Suzuki and Mitch Marner, which is quite the uh, comparison to make um he's got high level puck skills he's got really good vision but um you know being uh 511 only 168 pounds he's obviously going to have to work on his uh filling out his frame and um he's going to need to work on his skating as well to be able to succeed at the nhl level but right now um he's got the tools to um to progress um and um he's going to be uh, he's going to be one of those work in progress type um prospects for the next couple of years he's um I've, I've, I've watched him pretty close now for a couple of years <clears throat> um he, he you know in all the uh the training camp, during the summer he trains and he's on the ice just before me and my team come on so we get to see this kid firsthand during the summer months and i watch him through the year as well but uh yeah he is he is not very big but when he's on the ice and he's playing the game he has a nonstop work ethic. He is constantly moving. His skating may not be um, the greatest. He's got, he, he is a good skater. There's clearly work to be done. That's why he's a second round pick and not a first. Um, but he was the 11th overall pick in the queue uh, just a couple of years ago. And I mean, this kid impacts the game every time he's on the ice. He, he really does. He, um, he, cre- he generates points, but he is a very strong defensive player. So this is someone who has a lot of upside. He's someone that would take, you know, two, three, four years, and then you'll see him in an NHL jersey. Treg, do you have anything on him? Well... Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't really know a whole lot about the. Uh, I wasn't around for the draft. I've been pretty busy this week with work. Uh, what I know of Kidney is uh, pretty much what you just said. Um, he he he's a hard worker. He but he really needs to fill out. I've seen this kid live, and he's like very very skinny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like even even if you look at his little video online, a little interview, he looks like a little kid. But uh, I do believe he'll be uh, an NHL player, uh, hopefully with the Canadians. He'll be at least a top player in Laval. Um, 
and uh, he is uh, probably one of the better picks for the Canadians uh, drafting as late as they have. Well, I watched him with the Cole Harbor Wolfpack a couple of years back, and that's a, uh, what's a Nova Scotia under 18. So that's, that's the midgets. So he was playing a couple of years ahead of his, uh, his age group there. And he lit that league up. He was just unbelievable. And then you watch him with Acadie Bathurst. And I mean, his rookie year, he wasn't lighting anything up, but I mean, 33 points in 59 games, not bad. And he was one, he was already a second line center there. So he was given defensive responsibilities. Um, they're clearly looking ahead. And this is a kid that has a lot of Dano like qualities. So like I said, don't be surprised to see this kid playing in the NHL in about four years time. All right. Um, Next, you guys want to do the next? Yep. All right, we'll move on to the next pick, which was Oliver Kapanen. Uh, as I mentioned, he played for Kalpa of the U20 team uh, out in Finland. Uh, he is 6'1", 179, so he's got, he's got more size to him. A little, uh, he's clearly got room to grow. I mean, he's only 18 years old. So, um, Treg, do you have any comments on him? No, like I say, I you got this 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 part of the uh, the the thing is between you two because I, uh, I completely checked out for the draft. Okay, so. you because you were working. Just to be clear, for our listeners, you actually were working. There was, there was um, stuff going I'm actually on. quite involved with a court martial going on right yep. now, and I am the court uh, NCO, which is actually a pretty notable job. So I'm I'm quite busy. I am quite busy. So. Yeah. All right. I'm just trying to include you in the show. That's all. I'll sit here and look pretty and I'll nod as if okay. I'm, I, Oh yes, that's, that's correct. Let's get some dumbbells to do some curls or something. You're in the show. <laughs> Turn the video off. <laughs> put some pants on. We'll wait. All right. Nope. So Matt, how about I'll never you? Tur- I'll never put pants on. You should see, them. <laughs> you should see them in court. They're really pissed. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt, what about you? What do you got? Uh, so here? Oliver Kapanen, as you said, he's 61179. He's the cousin of uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Former Leaf, now plays for Pittsburgh. He's a center. Uh, he put up 25 goals and 16 assists this season in 37 games with Kalpa, and he wore an A for that team. That's a U20 team. And um, he was um, loaned to the Finnish Second League for five games and put up uh, three goals and two assists in those five games. So it was a very good showing for him. Um, next year, he could still continue to play for the U20 team, or there's a chance that he might go to, uh, to Calpa, which is yeah, right to the Finnish elite league, which is the, obviously the top level league in, uh, in Finland. Um, he's an offensive center. He's a, he's a goal scoring center. Um, however, he can play effectively in all three zones and he's got a really good scoring touch. Um, tied into the net he's a guy that can uh uh he can cause turnovers he can play the transition game and uh another guy is going to be one of them work in progress type guys but much like kidney he's got the right tools to jump into um the next level leagues with some success he's, he's got the, he's got the right tools to uh, to succeed yeah so for kapanen uh yes he is related to that kapanen um Kasperi Kapanen for the Penguins, Leafs, Penguins, Leafs, Penguins, Leafs, whatever it is this next week, he's, uh, he's, I don't know, he's going to get traded back and forth at least a dozen more times. But um, 
for for me, this kid, I know he's listed as a center, but he is he is a winger. His skill set is on the wing. He is a pure shooter. He has a great nose for the net. He uh, he he loves to get that shot off, and it, it he's really good at it. Um, his skating his skating needs some work. He needs to work on his uh, his higher speed, uh, especially making plays at his top speed. He ha- he seems to slow down a little bit to get himself uh, to to create the plays. It, it's it's something that he can easily train himself to do. He's got time. He's going to be in Europe for a few years training out there, working out there. So they have his rights for four years. Uh, and I, I'm not too concerned with, uh, I, actually, I like this pick. This is a good pick. He's a good size kid who can play on the wing. Um, he's got, and he's, he's an offensive type player. Uh, think like a, like a Yalonen type, that kind of, that kind of player. So, in a few years, we, we should see him in uh, Laval and moving up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play pro either. So uh, to me, that's a very solid second round pick, especially at the very back end of what is now the second round, because last year he would have been a third round pick. And the good thing about uh, him being European, we might see him a little bit sooner than later in, could. in North America. Yeah. We could, but uh, the fact that he is European does help with the, with offsetting signing the prospects with the, yeah. the, 50, ca- uh, the 50 contract cap. Having his rights a little bit longer means you can let him mature a little bit in Europe before you have to sign him and bring him over. Kind of like so, what they did with Lekanen. Yeah. And, let, uh, him, let him go over yeah. there, stay there. Yeah, exactly. There's there's not a rush to get these guys out. Like the the CHL picks, like Riley Kidney, he's got two years. If he doesn't sign by the end of the second year, he's a free agent. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So the the extra few year, the extra two years, that makes a difference, especially at these kids with the uh, the the low amount of viewings they had this year. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. All right. So the next guy, Dmitri Kostenko. For Ladia Toglati of the VHL, a right-handed defenseman, six foot one sixty-eight. So another another slight build player. However, there's a lot to this kid. Matt, do you have what are your notes saying? So uh Dmitry Kostenko, 6'1, 187. He's a right-handed shot defenseman, put up 10 points with one goal in 40 games. Um with Lada. Uh, in the VHL, and if our listeners don't know, the VHL is the uh, is Amer- is pretty much the AHL of Russia. It's a second tier league, and then the MHL is the junior league. And he also played ten games for them, and he put up nine points, including one goal. Uh, next season, he's likely going to play for Spartak Moscow of the KHL. So he's going to, um, much like Romanov, go in at the go in at a young age and play for the KHL. Um, the notes I have on him is he's very much a raw defender that has the tools to be an effective two-way defenseman, but he needs to work more on his defensive aspects of the game, and he's got to play with a little bit more physicality. Yeah, he's he's the um, the new defenseman prototype, the uh, the always moving defenseman. He's constantly moving. He's highly mobile. He has an amazing first pass. Uh, he is very good at carrying the puck out of the zone. He likes having the puck, but defensively, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. This kid's a project. So 
again, a European pick gives you a lot of extra time. So if he does graduate to the KHL next year and he gets some playing time, likely on their national team as well, um, not necessarily world juniors, but we're not sure where he's going to fall in that, uh, on that list. So he might be seen at the world juniors. Uh, at the end of the day, though, we'll get to see him play out in Europe for a few years. He'll get time to mature, grow his game, and before he comes to North America. Um, yeah, so if he can work on the defensive side, work a little bit on his skating, and you know, add some add some size a little bit, we're looking at a type of defense, the type of defenseman that is really becoming the, uh, the mode for defensemen today. Like it's, it's on vogue to have these kinds of guys. Now, is he going to become a top pairing? No, absolutely not. But it's a guy who could fill in like a Kulak. That's, that's what we're looking at that level of defender. So not a bad pick. What do you think the chances are that he does make it? Hard to say he could be a five six seven guy. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens when he actually plays in. Uh, if well, you never know. He might go straight to the KHL. It looks like that's the way it's going to be. He's going to continue to play within the Russian leagues, even if he puts another year up in the uh, in the VHL. It's not going to hurt him. True, true. Um, for me, I think he's going to bounce around. I think he's yeah. going to bounce around. Yeah, for me, I think this was one of those high risk, high reward type picks. You know, they, they swung for the fences on this because if the kid makes it, he's going to be a huge hit. He'll be able to fill in into a, maybe as a number four at best, if he does make it and he can fill in on power play time and he'll get you some points. But if he, very likely he doesn't. So you know, well, I'm hoping that uh, he's just one of those other Russian players that we don't know much about. And the fact that, um, you know, look, look at Romanov. Like, this was a guy that we had no idea who they were going to draft this kid. All of a sudden, he's uh, he's a top six uh, defenseman for the team. <clears throat> Could be the next Mitte. But Romanov was uh, drafted in the second round as their first pick. He wasn't drafted in, like, the third, fourth, or yeah, more but, rounds. But, but still, this is a guy that what, Romanov wasn't on anybody's draft list. He was on my draft list, Matt. <laughs> you only say that because you took a picture with him when he was trying to get pizza and he looked really creeped out he loved it he was just so hungry he really needed it. <laughs> um, but if you look Christ. at that picture and look at him now massive difference <clears throat> to both um, of you to both of you yeah yeah <laughs> now the next pick was uh at 113 that was william trudeau from the charlottetown islanders i think this kid has more upside than kostenko does i think so too uh, he's he is a little bit more polished defensively. He has that offensive side to his game. Um, you know, he, he's on the left, so he's going to be way down on the depth charts uh, as a defenseman in the Canadian system. So he's going to have some work to do. But again, there's time, and who knows what the Canadians' uh, prospect pool looks like after next season. Yeah. So. We don't, we don't know, but <clears throat> I think I feel that was a solid pick. What about you, Matt? I do, and as you said, he's a left-handed shot defenseman, so they've got a plenty 
plenty of them within their system. Another one to throw in. It's not going to hurt them. It's Quebec born. So that's going to make a lot of other people happy. Um, this, season, <laughs> this season, uh, eight goals, 23 assists in 40 games, playing for an absolutely dominant Charlottetown Islanders team. Which we're sure that our friend uh, over at Spectres Hockey truly enjoyed. Absolutely. This is a team that went 35-5, and five and no, none of their games went to overtime. Like They were a very, very good team. And it's not just because they were a good team that Trudeau put up good numbers. Um, he does have some skill himself. Um, he's and got Trudeau the is a leader. It's, Son, you know, yeah. He's a true leader, that Trudeau. Uh, maybe this one. Uh, um, so another player, he's got the tools to become an effective two-way defenseman, but more on the off with more offensive upside, in my opinion. Um, but again, needs to work on his skating, needs to work on his physical play to excel at the next level. Um, this is a guy that was drafted, um, by Drummondville, 11th round of the 2018 Q draft never suited up for them. And he ended up being part of a trade that brought um, Pierre Oliver Joseph to Drummondville during a pretty big trade. That was, that was part of uh, Xavier Bedard, a 2019 second, a 2021 first, a 2020, 2021 second, and a 2021 second. So for him to be part of that package and then actually excel at his next team, that's uh, it's a little bit of perseverance. So good for him, and hopefully he can continue um, with the next step. He's going to have another good team in front of him next year, or, or uh, to play alongside next year. So, uh, kind of sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah. Now the uh, the next one is at one forty two, and that's uh, Danil Sabolev, uh, right defenseman of the Windsor Spitfires. He did not play a game at all this season. Uh, yep. The OHL didn't play, so he didn't play. <clears throat> there's um he, he didn't go to europe to play either which as a russian i find that somewhat odd but i don't know that, that there there might be more to that story um apparently some of the scouts were pretty excited about that pick it could be one of those guys that slipped but we'll see um i don't want to get too deep into that one just because there were no viewings of this kid at all this year they're basing it solely on his his 17-year-old year. Yeah, so the only thing that I really have on him is that uh, even to get a weight, a weight uh, for this kid was a little bit difficult. Some yeah. people had him in the 160s, some people had him in the 180s. I took him at the highest number that I could find. I actually found it on Cap Friendly, and I went to a couple different websites to confirm that. Right now, apparently, he had quite the growth spurt, and he's uh, listed at six foot and 210 pounds. So for, for, so that's, that's some sandwiches there. So, so that's a, that's like a little tank of a player right there. Um, All I could really find on him is, as as you said, he's committed to the Windsor Spitfires and he had the chance to go back and played for Russia, but he turned it down because he wants to be able to, to develop his offensive game a little bit more instead of being just a shutdown guy playing in Russia. Um, But yeah, he's a, the way that we see him right now in the, in the small sample sizes, I can see he's a defense first shot blocker, physical defenseman that's looking to take the next step to develop that two way yeah. game. Yeah. Josh George's type. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So at one fifty, this is the one pick that I feel um, could prove to be 
the real value pick in this draft for the Canadians. And it is a Francophone Quebecois-born player. So you know people in Montreal are excited, right? So it's uh, Joshua Roy at one... uh, Joshua Roy at 150. Uh, he is a center left winger with the Sherbrooke Phoenix out of the queue. Um, yeah, this kid, I think, is going to be, he's going to be a kind of, uh, in my view, he was a steal at, at the fifth round. He has some, you know, he's six foot 190. He put up some really, really good points. But uh, as a center, I don't see him as a center moving up in the ranks. He's more of a winger because he's a shoot first kind of player and um, he does well along the boards, winning those board battles. And part of the reason why he slipped so far, excuse me. Part of the reason why he slipped so far is that he did not have what you would call much of a work ethic when it came to his training. He was uh, a slightly overweight. And before this pandemic season, uh, he had dropped 25 pounds. He, he worked in like at, at 18. That's, that's a significant amount. Um, and he's still 190. So you can imagine he looked slow. He looked, he had his problems, but this year he, he picked up some speed. He, he's got a better shot. He was, uh, he was able to extend his shifts out to about 45 seconds to a minute and look effective. So part of the, part of the reason he slid is, not enough viewings. And I think they got a gem. So what, what do you think, Matt? So I'm not going to say his name all French like you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that for you. Um, but this is a guy who was selected first overall by the St. John Sea Dogs during the 2019 uh, Q draft. He put up 38 goals and 88 points that season. Obviously turned a lot of heads, and that was only in a 42-game span. Um, however, the numbers haven't really been there at that high end level that you would expect from a guy that was taken first overall in, in the Quebec major junior league. However, he put up uh, this season, put up uh, nine goals and eight assists in 15 games of St. John, then was traded to Sherbrooke where he put up 13 goals and five assists in 20 games. Um, possesses a good vision, hockey sense, creativity. He's a shoot first type guy, center right wing. I see him more of as, as a winger as well, but um as, as you said, needs to needs to improve his two way game, his skating, his physicality, his conditioning. Um, he is definitely possibly a player that can be a like one of those late bloomers um, if he gets in the right training program and he's around the right people and around the raw, the right team, and they can push him in the right direction. Yeah, this is a steal. Um, if not, he's just going to be one of those guys that you might see. Um, bounce around maybe in the ECHL a little bit, but who knows? He's got the, he's got the skill. It's just, he needs to put it all together. Well, I mean, he's joining the biceps club, the Canadians <laughs> biceps club. So it, getting him to the gym and getting him programmed shouldn't be a problem. Uh, the Canadians did just change, are going to be changing their uh, strength and conditioning coaching uh, with Pierre Allard leaving. So we'll see what kind of program he gets uh, after the rookie camp, but this this could be a home run pick. I mean, he was ranked to go a lot higher, but he slid. So we will see how it works out, but getting picked by, you know, basically the hometown team, a uh, former first overall Q pick should motivate him to, uh, to improve. I mean, 
this is someone who's clearly going to have to play in the AHL for a couple of years, but I mean, you've got, he'd be playing at home basically. So I don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. Uh, I do think it's someone who's going to end up playing Laval at least a couple of years and we'll see where he goes from there, but this could be a good, this could end up being an NHL player. Uh, the next pick at 191, Xavier Simano, a, sh- a center with the Charlottetown Islanders. Um, I'm not going to say too, too much. I'll, I'll leave that to you, Matt. Sure. So Xavier Simano, this is his, uh, I believe, third year that he could have been drafted. Yeah. Um, but it's because of his size. He's five foot seven, 174 pounds. That's what, his, that's what he was rated at this year. Easy um, to overlook someone so short. Uh, ah. he, but he is a center. Uh, this year he put up uh, t- uh, 10 goals and 27 assists in 27 games as the captainville, or the captainville, the captain of the Drummondville Voltageur. Um, and then he was traded. Um, he was traded to uh, Charlottetown in June. Um, he's a guy that plays bigger than his size. Doesn't shy away from the board battles. His skating, however, is something that has been a concern throughout his career choppy small stride this is a guy that um or that that's out of size that if his skating was something that was elite or that was at more at the top end this is a guy that would have already been drafted already for the amount of skill that he has uh, with the puck um he stated that one of his favorite players growing up with the canadians was david darnay and he's hoping to uh follow a similar path um, now that he's been drafted by the Canadians. Um, he could play as an overage player in Charlottetown, as you said, and uh, join Trudeau on his team. Um, however, with the Canadians having an ECHL franchise now in Trois-Rivières, there's a very good chance that he could be uh, a guy that joins that team. And I see this as kind of a pick, uh, kind of like Raphael Harvey-Pernard. And um take a chance at a guy that's uh, an overager and see what you did, you know, see what you get out of him. Um, it's, it's been a success so far with, uh, you know, Lavaliger, I guess yeah. in, in, in Laval. So. Yeah. I see this as being a, a PR pick. It's a feel so good story. Yeah. He's the local, he's a local kid. He's a Q pro uh, pr- uh, prospect. Um, but I don't see him signing uh, a contract. I, the only contract I see him signing is an ECHL one because yeah. Trois yeah. just has, uh, just started their, yeah. their, uh, their team. They, uh, they needed centers. He's a center. He can, he can sell some tickets and like De maybe he does move up, move up through the ranks and yeah. show that he can make it, but he's got a lot uh, of work to do. Yeah. I, I seriously doubt he will, but at the very least you got yourself, so you got yourself a decent player for, your minor league system and and they do need, they do need to start, you know, building that up a little bit more. So he could provide some skill that could help, you know, their higher end prospects develop. Um, All right. So the final pick, because the Canadians made their traditional seventh, uh, seventh round trade, but this time with Arizona. So the final pick is two fourteen, and that's Joe Vrabic, uh, a goaltender with the North Bay uh, battalion. He's a, He's six foot six goalie. So they're going for the hopes that the sixth ranked North American goaltender uses his size to the, to his advantage. His numbers in North Bay weren't the best. So why don't you, uh, why don't you fill us in there, Matt? I said he's six, six, but he's only, he's only a buck 90. 
Um, yeah. So for uh, for uh, for a guy that's that that size, obviously he's got to fill out. Um, as I said, didn't play last year, and um, he played on a league worst North Bay Battalion that won just 17 games. Um, the the last time the OHL actually played in a 62 game schedule, um, but this is a guy that uh, he's got something that you can't teach, and that's size. Um, his movement's going to need work, and his rebound control as well. However, a guy that big, given the right coaching, maybe he'll do something at another level. For a seventh round pick, it was a it was it was a worthy gamble. Let's just say that. Yeah. <clears throat> now. Um... All right, so outside of the first round for the Canadians, uh, I would grade their draft as a C. Yeah, C C plus. Yeah, it, it was a it was good, and they did they did place a heavy focus on Q League players, which is something that people have been demanding that they do for several years. This is the most Q League based players that they've selected in what, uh, seven years. So, I still, I still, I still find though that they could have made some more of these picks. Like they flipped a third, they flipped both their fourths. They did this, they did that. And mm-hmm. on my list, there were still some players that they could have taken. I know there was a couple on yours as well. We're not going to get into those lists, but uh, um, overall, no, like no real. I'm going to say no real home run picks. There's a few guys that could turn into them, but. Um, you know, I, I, I think I think um, after the first round, we were just hoping that things didn't get any more fucked up than they already were. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people, um, and we're going to get into this. Obviously, a lot of people just turned off after the first round and didn't really uh, didn't really talk about these guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Let's what the, be we'll, honest. We'll see what after the fourteen-hour first-round marathon. Uh, yeah, I mean, people... ESPN dragged that shit on way too long. We're still in bed when the uh, second yeah. round started. So, yeah. I mean, but you know what? As people that have been to the draft, we know that's not usually the case. It, it, it you know, there there is about seven to ten minutes, give or take, between picks, and that's the time that it's the player goes up, he gets his picture taken, and the clock's already starting for the next team. Yeah, in it's the not, first round, but it's, in it's, the second yeah, it, yeah, seventh, exactly. it's not like that. No, it's, it's not. supposed it's to two, be quick. Two, yeah, it's two minutes. I mean, right? it's, it's, it's none of this. The pick is in, and let's talk for 20 minutes. Well, day two took almost 14 hours. That's well, that, and that's <laughs> ESPN with their first draft, and they, they tried to uh, – I don't know. The ESPN thing's not working. <laughs> they really need to work on the production value. I mean, yeah. I, I know the guys on the ESPN production team, like the 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 face guys, the guys that were there, EJ Heredic and 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 that whole crew. They did their absolute best. Sam Cosentino. I mean, they they worked their tails off to try and provide information on all these kids, and they tried to make it interesting. And but there was just not much they can do on that, on that no. front. And we saw, and we saw that with, uh, with the expansion draft as well. Like, yeah, they yeah. have a lot of work to do. Let's just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. They'll, they'll get it there, but it's, Oh, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough, tough week for that. Um, so yeah. On to the first round pick, I guess. Um, 
Which is very uh, rare that we do that last. Yeah, but there's a reason. Um, so, uh, before we get into the criminal activity that this draft pick committed and the uh, repercussions, I just want to talk about the actual uh, hockey player, the, the talent that they were hoping to pick. So, and this is going to be quick because this is, this is not the main story with this kid, but we do have to recognize that they picked him because they see him as uh, a future Shea Weber style defenseman, a big heavy shot. Um, this, but this kid can really skate. He is a very, he's an offensive defenseman, offensive minded defenseman who loves to hit, who can defend well, and ha- he's already got NHL size. So, yeah, yeah, I can see why teams want to pick a player like that. However, Logan Mayu committed a crime, victimized a young lady, taking, uh, taking pictures of her without her knowledge during a consensual sex act. But the crime is that he was taking these pictures without her knowledge, which is not right. And shared them with his teammates and then sharing her identity with his teammates, trying to impress them like some stupid kid would, but that's a criminal act. Um, Then he renounced himself from the draft and yet somehow the Canadians decided, eh, screw it. Let's pick this kid. So, Treg, you haven't had much to say up to this point. By uh, all means, tell us what you think of the background on this. So, I, I if, if you read uh, Frank Savelli's uh, article, which pretty much uh, from dailyfaceoff.com, which pretty much covers the entire. It's a good, it's a good article. It's a good. Article. Yeah. Pretty much entires the, the kind of thing. Not taken away from what he did. I personally, my personal opinion is much else should have avoided this pick at all costs. Uh, there, there were other players out there that they could have got that would have been just as valuable to the team uh, as this guy is. Um, having said that, based on his hockey, take away all the crap that's with him. This is a, this is a great pick for the Montreal Canadiens. Take away all the on ice, yes. But on the ice, this ice is a great part. pick. <clears throat> um, I'm not so concerned. The pick is made, so th- this is what I'll say, and, and it may be a little long, but just, just let hear me out. Nothing's going to change the pick. The pick is made. What Montreal needs to do now is set this kid up to turn this negative into a positive. For not just the NHL, the organization of the kid, but all of hockey. Um, this culture of uh, the locker boys and the, uh, I mean, Blaine, you and I, Matt, I'm not sure what your sports background, but we've, we've been there. We've, you know, you got the, and I, I don't, I'm throwing this out in hockey. You got the puck bunnies and lacrosse, you get the lacrosse and yeah. You know, and I'm not yeah. demeaning anything, but the, but that's the name that everyone has for these people that hang out who want to be with or, or sleep with or whatever. That does not 
again, don't get me wrong on this. This does not mean that I can sit there and take pictures of this girl that I'm with and send it to all my buddies and say, hey, look at me, high five. However, there is a culture in sports uh, that shit like that goes on. I've never done it. Uh, no one's ever wanted to sleep with me, so I never had the opportunity, even if I wanted to. But, <laughs> but the point is, it happens. I know what happens because I've seen it. Now, back in our day, we didn't have the cameras. Polaroid. We had the guys walking out of the room at the party, high five, and everybody else. That's what, which is pretty much the exact same thing. But yeah, no, they they did have this uh, even when I played, and it was yeah. Polaroids. So there was Correct. still this yeah. issue. This has been a long-standing issue. So, and the NHL and hockey is an old boys club. I'm sorry, it's an old boys club. And what they have to do, if Montreal is going to make this pick and they're going to make their statements about, we're going to work with this guy, we're going to get him through this. And I watched uh, Logan's uh, 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 press conference. Uh, I thought he came across quite well. Uh, you guys may disagree with me. Um, I think he was coached a little bit, but I, I think he came across quite well. He, he faced all the questions. He answered all the questions. He didn't try to avoid any. He didn't take a 30 second pause on a question like some other people. We'll uh, <laughs> um, and I think he does regret what he did. Now, does he regret what he did because he got caught or does he regret what he did because of what he did? That, that, that's, that's for everyone to determine, okay? I, I'm not going to sit here and determine that. He sincerely looks like he regrets it. In the report, the police say from Sweden that he seems sincere in his regret for what happened. Again, is it for a good economy? Either way, the pick is made. What he did was wrong. What, he, what the Canadians need to do now is work with him, and I think they should reach out to the victim and say to the victim, do you need anything from us? Do you need anything from our organization to help you? Because, because he was drafted, this victim is brought back into the limelight. We don't know who it is, but everyone in that town in Sweden, um, not everyone, but we'll know. Well, it is who a this, small town. It's a town of 8,000 people. So they know. will know who this girl is, right? <clears throat> yeah. So the Montreal Canadiens got to reach out to her and they got to turn this negative into a positive, similar to what, Andrew Shaw did with his homophobic slur. They got to take this kid and use him as the example of how this can't be done anymore. Uh, and it's got to be more than I just think. a PR thing. It's got to be a, a legitimate. That's outreach. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying it, it, it's a PR thing to say, yeah. Oh, look at us. we made this pick, but look at us. It's, it's yeah. a legitimate where this kid goes to high schools. He goes to wherever. And if you think about it, everyone's saying they gave him a free pass. Fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. But this kid's not going to make the NHL next year. No. He's not. Or And if he does, then I take back a lot of things of what I'm saying right now because I don't think he should. I think he need, he wanted to go back to London and work on what he did when he renounced his uh, thing. He wanted another year to mature. The Canadians should honor that. And I don't think that he should get an easy slide into anything. I think it, it should be made hard for him. And uh, so now it's up to the organization. Now you have to take your focus off Logan and put your focus on the organization and how they're going to deal with this. And they have to do it in the proper way. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, just so everyone knows, this is not the first person that came to the Montreal Canadiens that had a storied past. Well, that, Beaulieu, uh, when he was drafted, he had some Beaulieu, problems. 
Nick Cousins, when he came to the Atlanta, he wasn't drafted by Montreal, but they traded for him. Yeah, well, uh, there's, players have all had – there's a lot of players that have had issues, but th- those all occurred after they were in the league or traded to and, the team. And they had time between the occurrence yeah. and, and, and now. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with this point here. Uh, Chantel McAvee had a great yes. little thing that she said on Facebook. And uh, uh, I, I applauded that. I thought it was very well written and very well spoken. It is now up to the organization to show what they're going to do. Take the focus off Logan. Yeah. Because let's say you just put this kid who made this big mess up. Now, you're saying he's going to get a free ride. He's now in the most scrutinized hockey team in the NHL. Who everyone thinks is the Jesus Christ of hockey. You know what I mean? That, that, that are all a bunch of yeah. saints. And you've got this guy in here. You really, you don't think he's going to have a hard time. This is the worst case scenarios for so-called second chances. Correct. Instead of going to a team like Arizona where they have he one or be two, forgotten. he could be completely ignored, walk down the streets. No one would know who he is. Yeah. He goes to the most highly scrutinized hockey program, which is essentially a religion in that region. People know your, who your families are. They know who, the, and they're talked to, they're followed. I mean, this is the worst case scenario for him in a second chance scenario. But more to that, I mean, you look at the Canadians making the pick in the first place, and I wonder what they were thinking. I mean, a team that bases itself, you know, all on their character. picks on character, and then you're picking a kid who did this not six months before, who the victim herself says she doesn't feel the apology was um, sincere, sincere enough. So to me, that's the first thing, like you mentioned the outreach to the victim and that should be the first thing is that he makes this outreach and he provides a sincere apology and not as a text message as mentioned in Frank Cervelli's uh, article. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it would have been a, if the Canadians were really hoping to help this, this kid along and improve himself, maybe their best bet would have been to avoid the pick altogether and, and pick someone else. I think that was the bet. I, I think Montreal, I, in a hockey sense, I know why they drafted him. Because he was going to get drafted wise. regardless. Because yeah, of his of skill, course. they were looking at this could be the next guy to replace Shea Weber in three to four years. If, that's well, that's what at, they were thinking. And you look at their last pick, last first round pick, Caden Gooley, yeah. a 6'3", 214 pound left-handed defenseman with a heavy shot who loves to play physical. And you get the same thing in a right-handed defenseman. They're looking ahead a few years and saying, look at this pairing. Only the right-hander, Mayu has a little bit more offensive upside than Caden Gooley has. A lot yes. more actually. Yeah. But they're looking at down the road. Here's a couple of guys who play similar styles as you know, Shea Weber, our current captain, or the guy that, um, that Bergevin loves. So of course he's, they're going to make these picks. I get that, but (laughs) they did no favors to this kid. They did no favors to the fan base. They did no favors to the victim first and foremost. So, um, I don't know if, um, if even, Trevor Timmons wanted that pick. Like there's rumors that Timmons did not want that pick. And um, he was asked about that uh, the following day. 
and I'm going to play the uh, the question from uh, from the interview. Uh, Malcolm Antoine, good. Uh, he asked he asked the question here. I'll uh, let me just play it. In a statement, he says that uh, he thought that he did not earn the right to be drafted. Uh, why? I mean, ba based on that, if the player thinks that, why do you think the opposite? Long pause. Oh, yeah. There you go. Still pausing. What do you mean? Why do, what do I think the opposite? Can you expand on that a little bit? So, yeah. Um, about a 30-second pause there trying to find a response to why they made the pick despite the fact that Logan Mayu said, uh, said he did not deserve to be picked. Clearly, um, they didn't. either they did not prepare well enough before this pick or Timmons didn't really want to play along. Either way, this is not a good look. Yeah. It's not a good look. Uh, I've got their uh, I've got their statement here. If you want me to re quickly read their statement after they, uh... you mean the statement they put out before they even made the graphic of uh, this is who we picked? Yeah, yeah, giver. All right. So after they made the pick, this is the, uh, the statement that the Canadians uh, brought out. So uh, it reads the following. By drafting prospect Logan Mayo with a 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only select a promising hockey player, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. The Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. Logan understands the impacts of his actions. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and the first step on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on this journey by providing him with the tools and mature to mature and the necessary support to guide him in his development. We are also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others. And um, much, much of what you guys said, um, this can't be a PR thing. This needs to be something that they're, you know, they're looked at as being um, the leaders of the teams that are trying to push this, uh, to push this out of hockey and to push this, uh, this kind of behavior and uh, this kind of, um, situation out of the game um not just the game and, 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 and society and, in general well that too and 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 they need to really as you guys said they need to look after the victim and uh, that should be the first step and um and and again it, it really it brings the victim back into it and instead of having a player that not only asks not to be picked which we all know he was going to get picked we knew he was going to get picked. He's a, he, by saying that he doesn't want to be drafted does not take him out of the draft. So I want to make that very, very clear. And there were teams that said that they were going to pick him. Not, we don't know which teams that are going to be, but it's out there. He was going to get selected. However, to be put into a market like the Montreal Canadians, as you guys alluded to, is probably the worst thing that he could have done 
other than say go to a, go to another Canadian franchise or some of these more um, hot American markets. Wait. There, but there are places that he could have went to that could have picked him. That yeah, he could have been able to lay low a little bit and work on himself and, and kind of just lay off and and, and be. But why make it easy? Why make it easy? Why make it easy for him? They shouldn't be. It Why make be. it easy so he can lay should, low and people can right? forget about him? Right, but it's in the be. most scrutinized I, city in, in hockey. Put him in in Montreal. Let him feel the heat. Let him let him be under the pressure. I'm not saying time. I'm not saying that he should been, but that's yeah. what he wanted. He wanted to he wanted to it's step outside. Yeah. He wanted to step outside and and not be in the spotlight. And now, obviously, this is going to happen. I'm not defending this player whatsoever. I'm not defending the pick whatsoever. However, the pick is made. The pick's not going anywhere. Nope. We. I'm not going to say we have to live with it, but those are the, those are that that is the facts. Those are the facts. They they made the pick that they made. He's now part of their organization. He's either going to become a better person. He's going to show he's a better person and take these next steps to actually prove that he was deserving of this pick, or he's never going to play in the league. Right. This is a guy who's going to go back to the London Knights. He's going to be with the Hunter brothers. He's going to work with them. He's going to work with that team. He hasn't even played. He's only played four games in the OHL. He hasn't, he, he, he played in Sweden last year, obviously where this happened. And it, it's really on him right now and on how the organization is going to um, address this and how they're going to move forward. But as I said, yeah. this is not about the player anymore. This is about the victim, help the victim first then worry about the player afterwards. If he if he can demonstrate that he deserves to be there, we'll see him stay with the organization. If not, it was a wasted pick, 100%. Well, the uh, the Canadians built all this goodwill through the summer through the uh, the playoff run. Bergevin built all that goodwill up and in one fell swoop, he spent that capital and more yep. with this pick. Yep. So it, it this really turned a lot of fans. I know there's a ton of fans out there that say yeah, you know, this kid, what this kid did wasn't all that bad, blah, blah, blah. You know, he didn't break too many. I'm sorry, but this is, if you, if you want to draft for character, this is not the character you want to draft. So skill wise. Yeah. Kids great. uh, Kids looking like a really good hockey player who could turn into a very good NHL player down the line, but He's got problems. And Treg, I, I understand your point. Why make it easy on him? Sure. Yeah. Make it harder. Make him prove himself. Absolutely good point. Valid point. But at the same time, it's a it's a very risky choice. So you're adding even more pressure on this young man. Cause if he if he makes it, you know, he does it, he, you know, he proves himself and then he makes the league, you know, it's it's a small win for the team. But Anything less is a huge loss. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. If he makes the team, plays well, helps lead the team to successful runs, everyone's going to forget about what he did. Um, this, yeah, is Mon- this is Montreal. Yeah. They, they want a winner, but at the same time, there's a, there's a lot of people that would not want him on the team, and they'll still hate him no matter what. The important thing is that he actually does legitimate outreach. Um. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I am looking for the, the, what the team does, what they do for the victim and what he actually does off camera, off the news 
and, and stuff like that. I know the London Knights have already been working with him since he yeah. since he returned from Sweden. Yeah. So, and and I think your 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 example of uh, of Shaw of Andrew Shaw <clears throat> is a good one. Uh, he, what he did was was unacceptable, but then he turned that into a positive. He he showed that you can turn things around. He became an advocate for gender equality and so it's possible it's absolutely possible and i think you know someone who's never made an error as a being an example of uh you know that that person to to emulate is great and all but when you see someone who has fallen get back up that that's even more of an example it proves that you can you can change but he's got to prove he can change. Like yeah. this, this is all well and good, but this is all a, a thought exercise. And until he does show it, <laughs> this pick is not going to go well. Yeah. And this is all off the ice. I don't care yeah. if he, I don't care if he gets picked for Canada's junior program, which he won't, but um, I don't Ooh. care if he puts up 30 goals and puts up a hundred points. It's, it's, um, it's what he does off the ice and what he does as a person, not, what he's going to do as part of the London Knights that is going to push him into the next level. Um, He's, he's got a lot of growing up to do and it's going to happen very quickly. And if it doesn't, then I said, it's a, it's, it's not only a wasted pick, it makes the organization look even worse. And um, this is a guy that um, is just going to throw away the talent that he has. And, and let's be honest, if this kid didn't have the background that he had going with him, he's probably on the team in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I mean, they've already said, Tim's already said he'll probably be at training camp. Well, yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed that he's going to be there. They'll keep him for a little while, but send him back just because they haven't played much. So yeah. that would have been the expectation either well, way. I think they have to send him back regardless. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if oh, he comes out of 100%. training camp as the highest scorer on the team. He, he, yeah, they that give would him be a free pass uh, the NHL. That'd be it's terrible. already a PR nightmare as it yeah. is. That would be even more. That would even be Paul Wilson is having nightmares. I mean, right. you just look at all the the headlines that have come out in the in the day and a half since he was picked. Eric Engels and, uh, and uh, Stu Cowan, Basu, uh, yeah, uh, Jack Todd. Oh, and, and Jeanette de Montréal. All the French English. It did matter. It's it's one of those rare moments where both the francophone and anglophone press came together with a simple message. The Francophones backed off a bit after the second round, though. after after the second day. So all weird, the, I know. It's Fran- really weird. Frank of, the, the Quebecois picks, so they were kind of like, whoa! <laughs> like, Xavier Simon, oh, oh my dear, right? So yeah. that was it. That was, <laughs> so. that, was the, that was the team going, well, yeah, we know you guys are upset about this, but look over here. Look over here. Catra? Catra? <laughs> oh, mon dieu! Zut no, but Tabernacle, <laughs> Steve! <laughs> because the pick happened so late, my, my kids didn't get to see it. So they were really excited. They wanted to find out who was picked. And I had to explain to them, sit down with my children and explain to them who was picked, what happened. And then it, it, it opened a discussion on, on consent, on respect for our partners, respect for ourselves and, and how your actions can impact others. So as, as negative as it was at first with my, uh, my teenage daughter, who, truly hated hates this person now it at least opened up an avenue where there was some constructive discussion like it's it's a rare moment when i actually get 10 minutes 
of actual talking time with my teenager. So thanks, I guess. Ugh. But that's really the only positive you can, I can pull out of this is that it opened up that discussion. So I think um, without, I mean, you guys have any last thoughts? I, I want to move on from this. I said, it's, uh, this, this is, 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 it's a bad, it's a bad omen right now that's on the Canadians organization. And a lot of people are asking for Timmins head for uh, Bergevin's head, et cetera. Some are even going as far as uh, saying that the NHL should just take this player out and, 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 and take him from the Canadians and pretty much say that that was a, a forfeiture of pick. It, it's not going to happen. The pick isn't going to go anywhere. And it's really up to the Canadians right now to look after the victim, as I said, and then push this um, young man in the, in the right direction. And it's, it's really up to him and his actions. And um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. This is, this is hopefully someone that a few years down the road, we can look back on this and say, look, look what, look what, look what, look where, where he was, look where he is now. That's, that's best case scenario. But um, as I said, it's, uh, it's just not a good look on the team. And it, it was something that I knew we were going to talk about. And I've just been going back and forth with myself all day. What to talk about, what to bring up, what not to bring up. Yeah. And I think we covered it. I think we covered it quite well. And I want to uh, just point out that as, as quickly as that pick was made, things got really, really dark yes. on uh, social media. Yes. And I'd like to point out, the Drouin jersey behind me that's on the wall. Um, you, people, you know, poo-poo the fact that he was on long-term injury for personal issues. Well, just look at how quick things turned in Montreal. And just imagine what this guy went through for three years, all because he didn't score enough goals to their liking. So... Don't tell me that it can't that social media doesn't have an impact because it does. Treg, I don't have. I like I say, I'm I'm on the fence with this pick. Uh, I I don't support or condone what he did. And I think I made that clear. Um, and I'm just I'll, I'm right now focusing on the organization and how they deal with this um, going forward. Yeah. Um, this is about. I'm hoping this turns into another Andrew Shaw. And if it does, we talked about character. This shows that they were right about the character of this kid because he went from his mistake, learned from mistake, and now he's teaching others not to make... Actually, I'm not going to say mistake because it wasn't a mistake. It was a choice. Mistake's the wrong word. It was a choice he made. It was the wrong choice. He knows it. And now he's teaching others not to make that choice and creating a different culture and, and, and hockey. And that's, that's all I really want to say anymore. Okay. So moving on from that nightmare to some rumors around the league. So the Canadians are now, we're a couple of days away from UFA. Um, They are tied to just about everybody. Like from Yeah. To (laughs) Hamilton, to Savard, to Eichel. They're, They're in on Eichel apparently. So, um, that's where I want to kind of start with. I want to go with the Eichel talk. Uh, the talk is that they're looking for the equivalent of four first rounders 
you know, um, a, a top end prospect, a, a B prospect, a first round pick and um, a young player. So to me, Suzuki and Caulfield are off the table right, right away, but anybody else fair game. What do you guys think? I've heard uh, Cotton, Emmy and Romanov were the two young guys going the other way. I'm okay with that for Eichel. I, I truly yeah. am. I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm okay with that. And uh, first round pick and something else or something. Eric Engel says it's not happening. Eric Engels that came out today on Twitter and says it's, it's not happening. Personally, I don't see it happening either. I don't think I don't think Buffalo wants Kotniemi and Romanov. I think they want a Suzuki or a Caulfield coming back for for an Eichel, and this oh, yeah. is why I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think Darren Dre- or Elliot Freeman, thirty one thoughts said Montreal and Buffalo has had some big talks about Eichel, uh, but as every other team, uh, they feel that the asking price is just too high. And this not only Montreal thinks the asking price is too high; almost every team that has inquired has said the asking price is way too high. So, and you're getting a player that's injured all the time, all the time. So, but he grew up a Habs fan. So that, that means something, right? <laughs> when I see him in his Habs uh, bed, uh, bedding, lying in bed in his Habs sheets. Uh, I mean, it's possible I could come. I'm not against I coming. I just don't see Montreal. The assets Montreal would give up to get him are, are enough for what Buffalo wants. Even if you say KK and Romanov, even if you say that. Yeah, I think they'd rather send him out West. I mean, they've shown that they're willing to trade within their division, uh, within their conference, as long as they get their what they're asking for. I mean, just look at the uh, Ristolainen trade. Look at the uh, the Reinhardt trade. So they're willing to trade within division and conference. It's just, I think you're right. I think the ask is way too high. Well, Matt, what, what do you think? Oh, the ask comes down. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen to anybody, let alone the Canadians. But this is a guy that's really been a one-man show in um, in Buffalo since he entered the league. In his first year, he put up 56 points, and uh, you know that's not a that's no that's no knock to him for uh, for a first-year player playing on a shit team. And uh, this is a guy that's going to consistently going to give you 25 goals plus. Um, his last good season, he uh, he even started the year injured and put up 78 points or 36 goals in only um, 68 games this year. As we know, Buffalo is shit. Like they've been shit anyway, but like this season they were like just ultra mega shit. Let's just call it that. And obviously they got the first round pick because of it. So congratulations, Owen power, I think. Um, but this as Trey alluded to, this is an injured player. This is a guy that was sad. He only played 21 games this year, neck injury, still hasn't had surgery and the team does still doesn't know what they're going to do with the player when it comes to this surgery. And it's an ongoing thing. So there's a big caution that's there, but when this guy is healthy, he is among one of the you know top five centers in the league. Oh, easy, easy. Right. So this is another guy that, uh, you know, he, he is a, he is a franchise player. I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock the guy. He's a franchise center and he's, Buffalo is rightfully asking the moon for him, but until that, until that price goes down, you've got a guy that's a $10 million cap hit. You've got, you've got a, there's got to be a little bit of wiggle room. Especially with the injury history, especially with the injury history. And the uh, Kevin Adams, the GM for Buffalo has said that he is under contract. 
They expect him to be there for training camp. They're happy to keep him on the team until, you know, until they get what they're looking for. But I call bullshit on that because for two reasons, he's, he has a no move clause that's going to be kicking in soon. So right now they can trade him anywhere they want and get whatever, whatever they feel is a a fair return. Once that no move kicks in, he has the control. He will pick and choose where he goes. They don't want that. They're going to want to be able to shop him around. So I call bullshit there. I also call bullshit on the fact that this is a team that under the Pagulas, their owners, uh, went full tank mode during the year that they were going for McDavid and ended up getting Eichel as the consolation prize. And this this coming draft is the Shane Wright draft. And this kid is looked at as the next great player after McDavid. So I see them going full tank mode again. I mean, just look at all the names that they're trading out. Like you, I, I just threw it up cat friendly really quick. And if everyone knows cat friendly, check out cat friendly, they're verified <laughs> on Twitter now. Good for them. Um, Are they sponsoring well, us now? Or what's I wish they were, I wish they were. <laughs> um, but, but you look at them, uh, you look at the Sabres for next year. They've only got eight forwards under contract for next year, three defensemen and no goalies. I'm not going to yeah. say nobody wants to play there, but. Jesus, like this, this organization is a, is a, is a, is a flaming pile of garbage. And you look at something like, I would love to see Jack Eichel play in another city. Not, not just the Canadians. I'd welcome him to the Canadians, depending on the price. But I think that he would, he, if he went to like a market, like an American market, like Minnesota or something like that, I think he would flourish. Just to get out of that, just to get out of that organization, and uh, I can say the same thing about a few other a few other players. Um, Dylan Cousins, Owen Power. I know he just got there, but I'd love to see him. Just I can't wait till he leaves. Uh, Allmark, Rasmus Dahlin, like the, the list goes on and on. Like they 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 are they are Devin wasting. Levi. Oh, I felt bad for that kid. My God, I felt bad for that kid. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, for him to go from a seventh round pick to be part of a first round pick package for Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt's no slouch good for Devin Levi. But, uh, but back to, back to Eichel and all these other players, like I, like I genuinely feel bad for them. And uh, this organization has done really nothing. It's been a revolving door of management and, uh, and, uh, and head coaches. And that comes down to the owners, the owners, I believe own the bills as well. And they've turned around the Bills. The Bills are, are, are a team that you can actually look at and, and actually do something now. If they can do that same thing with hockey, good on them. If not, hard, like... Hard to do in hockey if you keep firing your GM every two oh, years. That's exactly it, right? So, Listen, all this means, guys, is that Uka Pekka Lekanen is going to have his... <laughs> or Lukanen is going to have his time in the NHL. Yep. He very well could. He very He's well could. He's going to be a starter. Yeah. Him, and, him and Levy are going to battle it out. To see who we're gonna, you know what? I'm hoping we go back to the 80 styles of goaltending against goals against average, and Buffalo is gonna have like that 4.93 goals against average, and uh, you know, like the old <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins goalie, like Ken Reggett used to have. But we know like just that. as well as you do that, you know, when they play the Canadians, you're gonna stand no, on the They'll hand. win four nothing, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're gonna, but they're I, gonna, they're gonna get this, you know, this no name French goalie, like. Jacques Lacotte Grande or something, and then yeah. <laughs> there you go. He's gonna stand on his head and. It'll be yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think Treg's right with the uh, 
the cost. The, the, the rumor now is the cost is much too high. And it's probably because they're asking for Suzuki and Caulfield. And until they're ready to step down from those two, uh, I don't think the Canadians are going to be in on it. They're probably I, I, give up, I give up Kakaniami. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, I like Kakaniami, but if, yes. if, if I could get, if I could trade him and like a B-level prospect, like a Yelonen, right. I would do something like that. Then throw in some firsts. I would oh, trade him and right. Romanov. I would trade him and Romanov in a heartbeat for a guy like Jack Eagle. He's worth it. I would. Um, I don't think, uh, from what I hear, Montreal, Suzuki, and Caulfield are off the table anyway in any yes. type of trade. So it's not happening. But I just can't see Buffalo giving up Eichel without getting one of those two back. I just, I just can't. They're clearly going to try. But as Matt mentioned and alluded to, the injury history has, a, yeah. has an aspect to it. The cap hit, especially in a flat cap era, that has something to do with it. The Canadians are one of those rare teams that has some cap space and assets. So, yeah, I think they're going to be players in in this uh, this file right up until the end. So we'll see what happens, but I don't expect him to play for Buffalo this coming season. I feel like start, this is going to happen. When we start seeing the dollars flow on the twenty eighth, yeah. it's going to be a really good representation of what this team's going to look like next year. Yeah. And if they were players, are still going to be players uh, when it comes to a player like Eichel. I think a lot of teams that are in on Eichel right now are probably saying. Hey, Kevin Adams, we need this. Yeah. We need to know this right now because we got to spend money. So either we spend it on your guy or we're going to go spend it in free agency. And Dougie Hamilton's the same way with Carolina right now. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I think maybe if they miss out on, on Eichel and talk and trade uh, Kuznetsov, might be a better. I've heard his name. I've heard his name come up a couple of times. And even though Washington's kind of backtrack on that, He's on, he's on, he's on the table. They, they're looking to move him. But this begs heard. the question. If Montreal is looking for a center like Eichel Kuznetsov, what does that mean for Cotton Yemi? Uh, that means he's, he's, he's in a third line role. Yeah. They're he's probably looking at him up. as a third liner now with uh Deno almost 99.9%. Per, he's yeah, out he's the door. There. He's not, yeah. I, I hear he's going to LA. I hear he's that's the new rumor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's another team that has all the assets and the cap space to get Eichel. But if they're in on Deno, they don't want Eichel. I mean, they've got they've got the high end center now. Oh, Kopitar. Yeah, Kopitar. So they don't really yeah. need to trade for Eichel. No. And Kopitar's making big money. Uh, yeah. You know. So yeah, no. I uh, I can see why they want Deno, and Deno would be a good fit there, I guess, depending on how much they give him. Hopefully it's too much because <laughs> he, he deserves to get paid. That's why. Um, That's it. But yeah. So yeah. So there, there's the latest trade rumors. And Dave, and we've heard David Savard's name a lot. Yeah. I was going to, I was moving on to free agency was coming up and David Savard is that one free agent that uh, Elliot Friedman even said, until I'm told otherwise, I, I see him in Montreal. For sure. Which makes perfect sense. It does. Canadians need a right-handed defenseman, Savard. Canadians need... cost. Yeah. He, he, was, he was affordable this year with Tampa Bay. I don't see him getting too big of a raise, so he'll still be affordable for the Canadians. 
great. He's a shutdown guy, a PK guy. They need that. Uh, he's Francophone, which is a bonus in that market. Uh, he's a Stanley Cup champion, which is also a bonus, except for the fact that he won that by beating the Canadians, yeah. which is a negative. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's a shot blocking, yeah. physical, yeah. defensive old school, defenseman. Old yeah. school style defenseman, which this team, this management team loves. Yeah. 6'2, 233 pounds. Big dude. He will, he will crush. But they you. still need somebody on the left. They still need someone to move the goddamn puck. They yeah. need a puck moving defenseman. So yeah, if he's if he's showing up at three and a half to four, that's fine. I, I, I can't no see him. I can't see him making more than um, Sherrod or Evanson. Mm, yeah. No. Well, I'm I'm giving a just my just right? my opinion. Just my opinion. yeah. No, and and I agree with it. But the reality is, they'll probably overpay because he speaks French. Probably. Guys. Xavier Ouellette. That's all I'm saying. Huh. Uh, I, I, or Ryan Suther. I, Suther. No, I, I think uh, come uh, Wednesday, uh, Savard's a Montreal Canadian. I think so too. I Hockey writers, Mark, how do you say his last name? Mark Sheeg? Yeah. Mark Sheeg has pretty much said, Dave, don't be shocked if Davis Savard becomes a Montreal Canadian, and he has the inside scoop there in Columbus. So, and Mark, he's we we know him well. He's very good at at yeah. his job. Uh, we're not just selling him because he's a colleague. And, and I'm okay with Denny. I'm okay with David Savard. Not Denny. I go, I'd be good with Denny, Denny Savard, Savard as well. Yeah. Old, <laughs> old spinorama there. He might get one or two goals. Can we get Serge uh, Savard? Done. Bring them all back. <laughs> Um, uh, but the Canadians do need a puck mover. They absolutely they need one. And, uh, and I know Dougie Hamilton's in the, you know, everyone's talking about him. I doubt he comes to Montreal. He's going to be the guy. Like he's going to be the guy. Everyone's going to go after yeah. personally. Columbus is cleaning house right now. I'd be looking at Zach Wierenski. I'd be calling and being like, what did, what will it take to get him out? Because there's your left-handed shooting defenseman that can play yeah. a good two-way game that they're going to have to pay a good amount to get him. But I think he's as good as gone. I think next year he's up for uh, for his contracts up. He's as good as gone next year anyway. But is he as good as Victor Mete? Yes, slightly. It, it's it's a it's a, it's a toss up, but uh, yeah, it's, I think it's so. one of those things. Like he, the, yeah. you know, the guy only put up I think like twenty goals last year or something, right? If so the Habs had Mete, they win the cup. I'm just saying. All right, no. totally. But seven it, goals up last year, twenty goals the year before. Sorry. You know what team that they should be uh, should uh, the Canadians should be uh, poaching right now is Carolina. Look at what they're doing down there. They couldn't even keep a Calder Trophy f- not, uh, finalist on their roster yeah. because he asked for the astronomical three, amount of three million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a year. It's a year. Three million a year. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much of a signing bonus they got to pay Aho this year? Yeah, that signing bonus had. <laughs> No effect whatsoever. Ha ha ha! It's a laughable contract, and yet they're they're selling off pieces. They don't even have a goalie right now because Mars. Uh, oh, Bernier, but they still have to sign Bernier. I think, they still have to sign they him. Morazic hasn't even Reim- decided to sign yet. Mar- Morazic, I don't think is coming back. Reimer's not coming back. Yeah, I just want to throw in a Develkic's numbers up because they were staggering last year. I'm playing on a play playing with them. Uh, 23 games, 1.90 with a 9.32 save, and in the playoffs, 2.17, a 9.20 save in nine games. Like, I mean, he was in for the Calder Trophy for yeah. Christ's sake. And now, two-year deal with uh, Detroit, three million a year. 
That's pretty good if he can continue those numbers. I, should I we offer sheet? Uh, should uh, what's his name? Shnekov. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Shnekov. Andrei Sveshnikov, the guy that got punched by Ovechkin. Yeah. Put we it should all in uh, bonuses, see offer sheet him. Give him like a thirty million dollar bonus. <laughs> sign him for seven years at one point one and a half million. All bonuses. Everything's bonuses. AAV yeah. of like eight. I like Svechnikov. The year the year he Do was it. drafted was the same year um, Kukaniemi got drafted. Yeah. I like Svechnikov. He went second, I think, didn't he? He went second. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on Nadelkovic, they asked Stevie Eiserman why uh, why was he available, and Eiserman's like, I don't know. You're gonna have to ask them. We just asked. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was. Well, uh, I'll trade you this for this guy. Yeah, sure. Here you go. That's I'll why I'm a, hoping. A that's USA. why I'm. That's why I'm hoping Mrazek walks too, and they're yeah. left with just garbage goaltending but that uh that that offer sheet was laughable that uh off aho offer sheet was laughable mm. but the that the bonus structure on that plus the pandemic really hurt that team so hey this is a competitive it's a competitive league it's a cutthroat league yep. um there's no love loss between don waddell and uh, mark Bergevin. so pff, pull out the knives and start cutting throats folks and Dundon is now 100% owner of the Carolina Herd because he bought out all the yeah. other owners. But he's a billionaire. Yeah, billionaires don't like spending their own money. Yeah. That's why they're billionaires. That team's going to be in Quebec soon enough. <laughs> Parts of it, maybe even in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to blow all over the place like a hurricane. Yeah. Ooh. Uh... Just pounce on that like a panther. Ooh. Double dad joke. Uh, what you anyway. talking about, eh? Like a Canadian. Yeah. All right. So I think we'll uh, we'll we'll finish it off here. The show's gone on pretty long. We've talked about quite a bit, and most of it has been bad news. Um, and we're gonna have a UFA show coming up in the next couple of days. So, um, final thoughts, Matt. Make it short. I, I'm you. just gonna say I'm, I'm just gonna say don't let um, the Canadians' first round pick overshadow everybody else and uh, overshadow um, the players currently on the team and the other players that were picked. Um, we touched, we did, we did our, we did our thing on Mia. We said what we had to say, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. You know, don't don't target the other players. That's all I got to say about that. Yes. No. I'm Forrest Gump reference. Nobody. Okay. Anyway, Treg. Uh, for other podcasts out there, I'm a free agent at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, we will not be matching any offers. So feel free. Uh, just remember the, uh, the victim and this uh, first round pick thing. Let's, let's think about them. And uh, other than that, and anyone who's comparing this to Austin Matthews incident, you got to get your head checked because it's not even close to being the same. So uh, that's all I got to say. That's it. I'm done. I, I have to get up early and uh, practice my all rise. So You're just going to watch Judge Judy on repeat. Although I could do it like Matthew McConaughey. All rise, all rise, all rise. <laughs> <laughs> I would if, you, get... if, if you do that and you have video of that <laughs> – I, I will be so happy. You, you and, and guys we will, will be play. at my court martial after that. Done. Done. I will fly out to be there. <laughs> if you post a video of that on the YouTube channel, of you doing that, I will pay the fine. 
it's only what at most 300 bucks yeah <laughs> worth be, it that would that be would be worth it, it. You could you can change your name to Treg the Legend Wilson if you did that. <laughs> All right, so I think we'll end the show there. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I know there's a lot uh, there's a lot of heavy discussion going on about this draft pick and the background to it. So uh, all I can ask is that we keep it respectful amongst ourselves. Try not to make this a toxic discussion. Um, Try and re- try and lo- see what the other side is trying to talk about in this talk, but there's no reason you have to take any hate from anyone else. It's your timeline. You set yourselves up the way you see fit. No one's gonna. Uh, we won't judge you for blocking or muting. We won't judge you if you disagree with us. Um, it's your right. We've we're, we're members of the armed forces. We believe everybody has a right to uh, free speech. And to voice that free speech, um, feel free to use it, but please be respectful. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character. So you can get the gains you need. Get Bergier, Arms, today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use if you're healthy. If you want it loyalty, buy a dog. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.